Welcome back, everybody. I'm Samantha Tomlinson. And I'm Kevin Tracy. Oh, it's so good to be back right now. <laughs> yeah, we took a uh, unintentional break. Uh, things just weren't, it just wasn't really in the cards for us to put one up for February. Um, in the future, obviously, we would, you know, try to let people know when we're gone, but yeah i was also in the process of some personal stuff and uh moving so that was uh definitely a factor into it uh but uh i'm all situated now everything's all good and we are ready to continue on with movie reel with this month being marvel month so we're talking all marvel i mean there's a there's a process but yes we're talking (laughs) marvel movies yes (laughs) let me clarify Yes, no, everything Marvel is going to be talked about this very episode. Oh my god. That'd be, like, hours. Yeah. I mean, that's not even including, like, all the TV shows and stuff that's coming out, like WandaVision. Yep. Which, are you up to date on that? Yes, I am. Oh, boy. Well, we're not going to get into that right now, because we're starting at the very beginning with Iron Man. <laughs> I love Iron Man. Like, and I love, the first Iron Man's 100% the best one. Agreed. Second one is the It's there. Great. It's in terms of sequels, it's not I don't like it's fine. Like I'll watch it. I I enjoy it, but it's not it's just really it's not as good. And the third one, I really like the third one. I know a lot of people don't. I I really like it because it's very different between the first and the second one. I yeah, I I I genuinely enjoy that as well. The second one is just like, I remember when I rewatched everything before Endgame, and then I brought up to you, I'm like, I- Iron Man's villains. And I remember, I, and I remember Reed was like from the other, in the other room, and he went like, they're not, yeah, they're not very good, or they suck, or something. Yeah, seriously. Like, one, definitely Obadiah Stane is the better villain. Which, but, it's funny that you bring him up, because he wasn't even originally supposed to be the first villain of the movie. Who was? Uh, it was originally supposed to be the Mandarin was supposed to be his first villain for the first movie, because the organization that kidnaps him in the movie is called the Ten Rings, and the main guy who, like, kidnaps him is, like, messing around with, like, this, like, fancy, like, bedazzled ring. And the Mandarin is known for having, like, ten rings that have, like, 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 mystical power to them and the idea was like that was like supposed to be one of his rings so yeah the first movie the first movie was supposed to be the mandarin (laughs) i was about to say right there that's a better that could have been the sequel but i understand why that's the third one i mean first of all it's not because the whole thing with the Mandarin is completely different, but yeah, which I'm, like, I'm still, understand... I'm still kind of bummed about. Cause like, that's like one of his like chief villains. I just, at the time I, I get the frustration. I don't try to argue against it. I, yeah. but I do kind of think this is either really stupid or kind of brilliant because I did definitely did not see this coming. Of, um, of Jeff, but... of Jeff Bridges being the bad guy. Oh no! Talk about the uh, the Mandarin. Oh okay. But Jeff Bridges actually, I um, I think this is a first of all. I think this is a really good, or I think it's a good origin story. I think it's a solid movie. I it's it's kind of funny watching it now. Marvel has just grown so much. Oh, absolutely. And even 
Tony Stark is a really good example of excellent character development. He changes so much. He's almost unrecognizable from this, like the first Iron Man to the last Avengers. Yeah. I mean, he's still the same person, but he changed so much. Like, uh, Pepper being Iron Man, Pep getting with Pepper, being a part of the Avengers, like all of this made him so much better. The the difference between this and watching uh like watching this like the first time when it came out in like two thousand eight and watching it now like post endgame, like the difference is night and day with him and, and the character development between all the characters. Especially Rhodey. I feel like he changed the most for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> um but uh yeah Robert Downey Jr. um it, it, it was just really kind of interesting watching this because I probably haven't seen this in a few years, to be honest. And like watching this, like after, you know, like Age of Ultron and uh, Winter Soldier and, and Civil War and Endgame, it, it, you do see him like grow as a person, try to be a better person, like try to right the wrongs of his past. And in this one, he's, kind of on the road to it but it's like a very rocky start um yeah and yeah and yeah it it does make this like a really solid origin story and honestly like i think this is probably like one of the better examples of like an origin story uh the only other example that i feel like comes close to is um the first toby Maguire spider-man movie i feel like that is probably like one of the best examples of like uh establishing an origin story in a movie uh that it's been oh my god it has been so long since i've seen that same but from from what i remember it 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 was very methodical like first of all that that's a long movie and i forgot how long this movie was as well yes Uh, this is like two hours this is pretty typical yeah it it was like 210 or something like that but yeah it was like it's like i could i kept uh watching it's like wow, I remember this being a lot shorter when I saw this in theaters. Um, but comparing this with, like, the origin story with, like, um, uh, the, the Tobey Maguire, like, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie, um, I feel like they are very similar because they they immediately, like, set it in reality, like, in a, in a very firm set, like, reality, and they establish any, like, uh, predetermined ground rules they they explain like this is how the the world that we live in and for the most part it's established in a very like current uh era of like real world scenario with like a few other like eccentric uh like elements to it of like you know like hoverboards and like experimental like military technology and stuff like that but for the most part like yeah no this is like 100 percent like real and could happen and i absolutely love that Whereas like you you get like the uh, like the um, the the Tom Holland Spider Man and is like he's being thrown into a world where like magic and and, and gods yeah and, 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 and gods and aliens like already exist yeah. so it's like it makes it, it kind of dulls it's down different. his yeah it, it it not really dulls down but it, it kind of minimizes the impact of his origin story to go from like such a simple and like small town kind of vibe to it to i was like all right i'm an avenger it 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 just felt like they were like having him run before he could walk 
Uh, whereas in this yeah, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. If that makes any sense, they're basically like throwing him in the deep end. But in this one, is like none of that was established, so that made this movie uh, especially uh, impactful for the origin story. I feel like for like really quick, like Tom Hall. I think Tom Holland's a really great Spider-Man. He's definitely my oh, favorite absolutely. One. I feel like Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and him. I think they're all they're all great Spider-Man, but they're all very different just how they approach the character, yeah. but also their comp like. Tom Holland's in MCU and like you said it's very different and so I remember with Homecoming that was I'm I'm glad we didn't get his origin story because we've seen it all so many times but at the same time yeah. part of me wishes we did see it because of this Spider-Man but I'm glad that you brought up Spider-Man because yes yeah, Spider-Man was my first Spider-Man and I think Fantastic Four, the one with Chris Evans and like Jessica Alba, those were my yeah. like intro into superhero movies. And Spider Man, I liked, but yeah, they're they're very long. They're kind of like they're not. It's a superhero movie, but it's also kind of like almost like a drama, a little. It it really does play out as a drama. Yeah, I remember someone like uh, referring to the the um, Sam Raimi Spider Man trilogy as like the Godfather of superhero movies. Uh, whereas like the first one's great, second one's better, and the third one's kind of shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but but <laughs> as for the reason why I was thinking about Spider Man is because, um, so Martin Scorsese like year plus ago said something that I know a lot of people were angry at when he said that he thought Marvel movies were oh, a yeah. lot like. He didn't think they were cinema and that they weren't they're, like uh, yeah they're not real cinema and that they're like it's like it feels like you're at an amusement park and. Here's my thing. I know what he's saying. Obviously, I disagree. First of all, are they art films? No, but are they? Some of them are better than others, but they overall are very pretty solid storytelling, pretty solid characters. Um, but I get the amusement park vibe, especially, yeah. and I don't see that as a bad thing necessarily. Because sometimes I want to kick back with, uh, like Ant Man and the Wasp is one that I watch all the time. I would rather watch that oh, than yeah. the Irishman. <laughs> like, you know, like it's it's different <laughs> different types of stories, different audiences, different genres. But the reason, like, I brought up Spider Man is because I feel like that that like type of it's superhero, but it's also kind of like a drama. And Iron Man, Iron Man's kind of bordering on it's partly that drama esque, but it is I feel like more like. It's different. They're shot very similarly, but very different. Whereas Fantastic Four, I remember, was just like fun. It's like a family movie. Whereas this is like, yeah. it's like the first one into the MCU. It's not quite the same as like, you know, what like, what like an MCU movie is today. But it's like the early, like, you can see, you can see it in there. Like it hasn't been you, developed You can yet. definitely see, yeah, like you can definitely see like them like establishing a formula that they still for the most part stick with to to like to this day and i i feel like that's part of the reason why, like martin scorsese kind of says that these movies aren't real cinema because they do follow a pretty like systematic formula and like a couple movies kind of straight from that like uh like go ragnarok kind of straight from that yeah and um uh, a couple other ones but like for the most part they go like superhero uh deals with a problem with like the chief bad guy the bad guy eventually like 
puts a hero in a situation where they have to have like some like moral dilemma the the superhero has to deal with that moral dilemma and like has self-doubt they confront the bad guy the bad guy dies through some some action either done by the superhero or by the his own incompetence and the movie's over and then there's a mid and end credits scene i think though yeah but i do think that even though the formula is kind of the same what has changed is the like emotional drama of the characters like yeah one of the reasons why i love iron man 3 is because he's he's dealing with ptsd from avengers he's also kind of going through this you know iron man he started this because he realized my company is not doing the good that i thought it was doing and he wants to make a change and help people and be better and it he does slowly become a better person from it and iron man 3 he's kind of realizing after avengers he he says like i'm just a man in a can like if he doesn't have his suit what is he and can he still do good it's also just that they have a power he doesn't and so the entire movie is him it's not it's about tony as opposed to iron man and i found that just like really interesting or like you know the last spider-man where uh Peter's like dealing also dealing with the loss of Tony and feeling he has to fill like a whole like there's the emotional content yeah the the emotional content I think has increased a lot so yeah I understand honestly I I feel like it's kind of fluctuated uh, a little bit um and I feel like that's kind of partly because it's like you know different actors different directors are working on like these like 20 plus films over the past 10 years so they're not all going to have this the same tone they're going to be similar but Mm. because they're all telling like they're all part of the same narrative but for the most part um the emotional tone has uh fluctuated and shifted uh between movies like the the emotional dynamic between uh, like Tony and like Pepper is not the same in Iron Man one as it is in Iron Man two. It's completely different. It it does have the same kind of intensity. Uh, I I would say between the two of them, but and it it does kind of like continue on with like you know Iron Man three and and so on and so forth. But for the most part, like the dynamic between uh like uh Tony and Pepper in the first movie is completely different. Uh, for for Iron Man two, so it it isn't necessarily the same, but it does kind of keep the same kind of like story going on uh, in terms of like their relationship to kind of keep it like oh yeah, this is still happening. <laughs> I yeah, I do think though their foundation is great. Um, I yes, they yeah, I but I agree they're both very like they're. They have that same foundation of like her, you know, she's like one, there's, there's few people that can give him shit. Like she has earned the right, him and, and Rhodey have totally earned the right to give him shit. And yeah. I, I kind of just love this. They have this back and forth. She, she has, she's basically working for this millionaire playboy man child. And she's literally tossing out <laughs> girls for him. She literally like, she's doing all this stuff for him yet. You can tell, you can tell, like, she likes, she likes, she's still there because she likes it. She likes him. And actually, I was thinking, does she, like, have a crush on him? Because I never really thought about it until 
I was watching it this time. I'm like, does she have an, a crush on him throughout the movie? And it only kind of comes to light. Like when I feel like there's like stuff. a mutual, I feel like there's like a mutual attraction between the two of them. And he was just like, kind of didn't really fully acknowledge her because like, Oh, she's like my employee. She's a friend. And like, I guess more or less friend zoned her. And, um, kind of just like went on about with like you know his you know crazy like Hugh Hefner-esque uh like lifestyle which is funny because Stanley's cameo <laughs> is Hugh Hefner in this movie um uh which I, I think is kind of funny how in this one he's Hugh Hefner and in the second one he's uh, Larry King <laughs> um Oh, oh uh, my God! Because I thought but, the joke was he thinks it's Hugh Hefner, and then he turns around. And it's we see it's Stanley. I didn't realize he was playing Hugh yeah. Hefner. I thought that was just the joke I'm, of like he thinks that's who it is. Oh, I just I fully assumed that was like okay. I mean, he, yeah, he, he, he that that was supposed to be Hugh Hefner, and like there's like he, like he's wearing the robe. He's got the pipe. Yeah. Like, he's dressed like Hugh Hefner. He's yeah. got like the girls around his arms. Like if that's not Hugh Hefner, then Stan is just living his best life right now. Um, but yeah, I feel like with Pepper, it's, yeah, there is kind of a friend zone, but I don't, it's again, like it's a, they do have a work, it's a pr- business relationship. Yes. It's, it's platonic. Like, I feel it, like. Yeah. And she might have like a little bit of a crush on him, but I don't, I, like, I don't think she's like pining after him. It was more just, there were times where I'm like, I can believe it. If she definitely has like, she's attracted to him or has a little bit of a crush and he's just not getting the picture because I, but also, I was realizing at the beginning of this, I mean, he's clearly very, even, I, I'm wondering if he even is aware of it. He's clearly really bored with his life. Like, he. Yeah. He, well, I mean, every, if you have everything given to you yes. or, or within, like, everything with, like, a price tag that you can easily afford, I feel like luxuries like that do tend to get, like, boring. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I feel like that is kind of like an interesting dynamic that we do see with him. But it's not like, I I just, it's a great, again, this is really great. I, I love John Favreau, uh, who's happy, Hogan, uh, the driver, but he is also the director. He's one of my favorite directors. I think he is very good at telling a story and he understands how to tell a story. Um, I'm sh- I mean, I'm sure there's times where, I know like there was in like Mandalorian, there were a few moments where I was like, I don't really know if this scene was that important, but for the most part, I think he's, <laughs> he's very good at what he does. And this yeah. is a lot of great showing, not telling like he's at this awards thing for him. He doesn't even bother showing up, which I can see that being in his character, but then he's just giving, he just keeps trying to give away the award. He doesn't want it. He has so many, he doesn't care. <laughs> he gives it to the guy posing as Caesar at Caesar's palace. Yeah, And then when he goes, like he's leaving, and he's being asked about by the reporter about his company. He's mainly it's mo- it's this is mainly like upholding his father's legacy more than anything. And yeah. this scene actually does kind of piss me off, mainly be the reporter because she's grilling him, and then just they're having sex, right? It's like what, like, yep, yep. Like, do you have any like? I feel like there was self control. I feel like there was a scene in between. <laughs> oh, like in uh, American like, Werewolf like in London. A scene in between. <laughs> Oh yes, <laughs> but that was way like, worse. That was way oh, worse. Oh, one hundred percent. It's like you can stay with me for the day. It's like okay, immediately having shower sex. Like what? I'm gonna the, go in the shower. How? Okay, 
then they're both in the shower. Uh, she didn't. I don't recall her inviting <laughs> you. Um, but uh, act, uh, I also want to bring up. So the very first scene, it's it starts uh in medias res where he's on already in Afghanistan. He's already shown. We know later he's just done like the Jericho, uh, like presented the Jericho and all that. And yeah, this is when he gets attacked and. You think, oh no, is he gonna die? And then the you know the title, I I I yeah. love it. I don't want it to change, but I was kind of thinking, how do you think it would have made any major difference if it had been shown in order? Like if the first scene was the uh, award show, and then we see the full we see the full attack as opposed to attack then award show recap, and I, then I think. I think it, I think it would have definitely kind of changed the pace of the movie. Okay. Um, yeah. Because it, I feel like they needed to establish like, okay, this is Tony Stark. He is extremely important, and this is how important he is. That to the point where like these soldiers are like, you know, basically getting killed because they're with him, and uh, also kind of just establishes like how snarky he is in a non kind of professional attitude because this is not really like a professional like atmosphere whereas an award show like he you feel like you kind of have to put on like a face because that you're in like the public eye mm-hmm. and i feel like that kind of would have not really shown us like who tony stark was okay as he, yeah as he actually is in like private we would have seen like public tony or like award show tony we instead of like the real tony so i feel like it, it, it was more important to show him in like a more comfortable or natural setting of just like him kind of just like listening to acdc having a, a thing of a, a glass of scotch and just like making jokes and asking weird <laughs> questions with these soldiers <laughs> Yeah, it's like, is it true you went 12 for 12 with like the Maxim cover models? Like, yes and no. It's like, uh, Miss March and I had a scheduling conflict, but Christmas was twins. Like, <laughs> And I do love the the female um, soldier in the car, and he yeah she doesn't he doesn't know, realize she's a woman until she starts talking, and he's like, oh my god, you're a woman. I, I didn't know. Isn't that good though? I saw you as a soldier first. <laughs> and like, I mean, yes, that is good. <laughs> and, and, then yeah. he, and then immediately it's like, well, now now that I know you're a woman, I can't stop staring at you. Is that weird now? <laughs> and that joke, I was like, when I heard that, I'm like. It's funny. He's lightening the mood. They're all cracking up. She's laughing. But that's a joke. I feel like it's 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 not outdated. I just don't necessarily think it would be in movies today. And he's not hitting on her. He's just kind of like, well, I didn't even like I didn't he's, notice, and now I do. Like I, I don't. He, he's just trying to be charming. He's just yeah, laying it on. <laughs> I just love that he's got a glass yeah, he of scotch. Has... I always just forget that there's like a cooler or whatever, or a little thing that pops up after and he just grabs it because I'm like, I always forget. And I'm just like, did someone pour that for him? Did he just like bring yeah, it with yeah, him? No, he just right. grabbed it. It's just the whole. Yeah. Cause he, cause, cause, cause he says like, Oh yeah. It's like whenever you buy like an order of like 500,000 or like five, like, like some like absurdly large order of like the Jericho missiles. It's like these things come with it for free. And then it's like to peace. And then he just like goes and it's like, all right, this is the, this is the fun V. You, you, you go driving the humdrum V to, to roadie. And I always thought it was funny that, uh, like Tony's like, he's, he's, been captured for like three months and then when he leaves and then when like roadie like you know finds him for like rescue the first thing he says that the 
first thing he says after not seeing his friend for three months is like, how was the fun, V? He waited to see his friend for three months to tell him a joke. I mean, <laughs> that is lighten- the best Again. friend I've ever met. I mean, I get and same thing, lightened mood and like, you know, yeah, like cracking joke, like <laughs> you should have. Um, but I do. But would it, would it have been any different? Uh, wouldn't have Rhodey might have been killed if Tony happened in the car. Or how did they know specifically what car he was in? So when we we find out later, obviously it was it's Obad Obadiah who's the like his partner. He's the one that created co- the company with Howard Stark, and he's the one that orders the hit on him. And I was thinking about this I, other than you know power and gain control of the company and just get Tony out of the picture. Like I know that's the point, but like what is his real like what is his main goal like what is the biggest he he just wanted like i i guess he just wanted to like control the company he he just tired of being in like tony's shadow he it it's not really as fleshed out as it could be in this movie which is why which is why i don't like the fact that jeff bridges was the main bad guy in this. I felt like it would have been better with the Mandarin or just stucking with the Ten Rings and like maybe him just kind of like dealing on the side as kind of like a side villain and then eventually being a major villain in a in a sequel or something uh, and like, or just living in general because Jeff Bridges was great in this movie. Yeah. He is by far one of my favorite villains in the MCU, which it's kind of a shame that that that's like the common trend is that like the majority of the villains in the MCU die after their first movie with like yeah. a few like outlying examples kind of excluding that rule with like Loki and Thanos and, and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, like if you're a villain in an MCU movie, that's the only movie you're going to be in. You might show up in like a flashback or something, you know, oh, like Red Skull in a, a movie. <laughs> Yeah, like Red Skull or something, which I don't even think that was the same actor. No, no. It was just, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was the same character, but yeah. like, yeah, like for, for the most part, like you're you're going to only show up in like flashback or some like minor scene. You're, you're not going to have like any drastic or major importance or something yeah. uh, later on, which is kind of a shame because a lot of these villains they're they're not just one shot villains in like the comics and and uh other other material they are recurring villains are like i'll get you next time iron man like they'll yeah like they have like the saturday morning like kind of like vibe to them but like they they do like come back they have like contingencies and other plans whereas this one's like i'm gonna kill you because i want to be rich damn i i missed and i'm dead but yeah that was it, it you don't have anything it just <laughs> nothing else it just it does kind of bother me because yeah, it's not like you said, it's not very, I feel like his reasoning. Yeah. I can infer a bunch of it, but it's not crystal clear. What I, again, I know what the, what, why, but also no, I don't <laughs> like, I, I understand how a little bit, but it's not as clear as it could be. And if he wanted just Tony out of the picture, there has to be, I'm like, is, is Tony so well secured that he couldn't do this, that he, this is how he had to do it. And, how did and like how does he have the connections with these guys? Because he sells them weapons. Okay, obvious. <laughs> yes, I was yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> but but uh, I I also feel like they kind of had to do it in this way of like him not outwardly 
like expressing it or like delivering like what his like full intentions were because then it would come across as like oh he's just monologuing or something like that yeah yeah and yeah and 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 just deal with like that crazy weird uh trope you know i did um because i think in like the very end he's like slightly monologuing but it's still like it's just it's kind of already what i what you assume what he's saying yeah it's nothing nothing yeah it's already what is yeah um yeah it's not it's not something that we haven't like figured out on our own or by his own actions and the very first time i watched this movie i didn't know he was a bad guy like i was surprised when he was the bad guy and looking back rewatching it again i'm like it's very obvious he's the bad guy um specifically (laughs) first of all it just like out of i mean we think okay after his um especially after his stint in the uh when he goes back to like when he goes to the the village and like protect saves the village like after especially after that like okay it's definitely obi but particularly the scene where <laughs> right before it's revealed we see him watching the tv and how to- uh you know tony just saved this village and <laughs> he's wearing like an evil villain uh, robe in a, like a dark library. And I'm like, how did I not catch <laughs> on when I first saw this? It's very clear. Um, but yeah, I agree. I really like Jeff Bridges and I, I was kind of sad that he, you know, his character died and we didn't get to see more of him, but also that this is his, cause sometimes there's certain times where it's like, being in a marvel movie also like 10 years ago i don't think is quite the same as being in one today because if oh no absolutely like not. chris evans was uh johnny storm and now i mean he's captain america and whereas like i there's times where i'm like don't you think like you've just been put in this like like uh donald glover in homecoming and he is a person a very viable villain in the comics right and he was in like uh you know his character I don't remember the name but he was is it Aaron in the Spider Man which character again Donald Glover's character in Homecoming and he was oh the yes uncle um, to yeah my, like yeah he, he yeah the the Prowler I hope like we see him because Donald Glover's super talented and I would love to see him get like more screen time in a Marvel movie. But if that's like the only like we'll ever see of him, it's like, no, (laughs) like, like that's, that was such a, I mean, it was a great part and he did a great, but it was small. And like, I want to see more, which I've noticed a couple times with Um, some people. Um, But back to. Yeah. No. And and, yeah, they even, he even drops like, is like, Oh yeah. Like my nephew like lives in this neighborhood. It's like, Oh, he's talking about mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, like everyone's like, wait, I know that that character is like, oh, they call him the Prowler. It's like, oh, it is. Oh, he's talking about his nephew. Like everyone's mm-hmm. just like, who? Because I think that came out before, um, into the Spider Verse. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of like in, um, uh, I mean, different, but kind of like in, uh, uh, Mandalorian when Ahsoka says, I, I've like, she's not gonna train a uh, baby Yoda. She's like, I've seen what happens to a fully grown Jedi who has an attachment and I'm like, Oh, is it that? like, <laughs> like, Oh, we know what you're talking about. That same little, like uh tidbit of, if you're a nerd, you'll get it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, yeah. Which I really like about this, but it, it was kind of funny. Cause like this came out, I was, 
I was pretty young, so like I my knowledge about yeah. like a lot of yeah, like so like my knowledge of a lot of like superhero movies and stuff like that didn't really I didn't really have a lot. It was mostly just the um movies. Like you know, like the be- yeah, like the mostly like the movies. I didn't really like read the comics that much. Um because a lot of the ones that I had, like, or, like, more specifically my dad had, were, like, more or less, like, collector's issues. Like, he had, like, my dad straight up has, like, a Iron Man issue one number one. Whoa, that's um, really cool. Yeah, it's not in the best shape, but still. He has it, um, yeah. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have it in, like, a, like a box, like, right in front of me right now. Um, and it is... It, it, it's really interesting um but yeah like my my knowledge of like iron man and all of that didn't really i didn't really have a lot so i thought it was kind of a smart move for marvel to kind of start on a character that is well known in like name recognition but not that many people for like a general audience knows like his origin story or anything about it. So they kind of had a clean slate to go with. Whereas if they just went with like Spider-Man or Captain America, like everyone knows those characters, everyone kind of has like a general idea of how that story plays out, especially Spider-Man since, you know, the Tobey Maguire movies are already a thing. Um, So I, I felt like Iron Man was a really solid opening movie to, to get the ball rolling for the MCU because yeah, like, cause like I said, like not that many people knew everything about it. So they had a lot more room to kind of like leave it for interpretation and, and kind of explore with this character and get people interested with a very charming Robert Downey Jr. And John Favreau, he had even, uh, he was, he, he had talked about how like when this all, like when this all was happening, like it wasn't obviously the pressure of like what like the Russo brothers were doing and all of that because the MCU wasn't as uh, relevant. I mean, yes, this is MCU, but it wasn't like as like down our throats about it yet. Uh, that comes later. And he was saying though, but also I think it, it, like, you know, people were just excited to see Robert again because Robert Downey Jr. I think he was doing stuff in like, in kind of the early 2000s, but I think in like late 90s, early, early 2000s was when he was dealing yeah. with his substance abuse and all yeah, that, all that I, stuff. So, yeah, I, I honestly, I think the first movie that I saw him in that I can distinctly remember was the Shaggy Dog remake that Disney did. Oh my with God. Tim Allen. Because <laughs> yes. he's the bad guy. In it. I, oh my God. I was about to say, I think this was my first, but. Yeah, I always forget that he's in that. Holy shit. Which I can't remember if that came out before or after. I think that that came this, out before. I do... That came before because I I remember I was yeah, watching it when I was in like fourth going into fifth grade or something. And uh yeah, and Iron Man was a couple years later. Um that's that's yeah, crazy. yeah, that was yeah, that came out in 2006. That came out two years prior. <laughs> That's hilarious because I was thinking, yeah, he was doing a couple things before this. He did like, uh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang, uh, Zodiac, which is really great, and I forgot all that. Yeah, movie. that is a great one. That it's, I mean, we definitely need to do a Zodiac one because it's it's not just <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like it's 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 a very different kind of crime movie. Um, and when I first watched it, I didn't know anything about 
the Zodiac. I knew the Zodiac killer, but I didn't really know that much about it. But actually, I re I went yeah. through this after Endgame in my morning period. I was watching, I watched uh, Sherlock Holmes and then the second Sherlock Holmes. Then I tried watching a little bit of Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch. And then I got in, I started watching Zodiac. <laughs> I just went down this weird path of, it started off morning. That, that is quite the rabbit hole. Um, it was morning Tony. And then it went to, and then it went to just cry and mystery. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. himself, he's very, uh, I mean, he's charismatic. He's fun. He's funny. Uh, he's really talented. I, I, part of me like was looking forward. No, I didn't, you know, I didn't want him to die in Endgame, but part of me was thinking like, when all this ends, I do want to see him do other things because he did other things, then was mostly doing Iron Man and, and like, that yeah like almost everything he was doing was related to marvel so i would kind of and and you know he's starting to kind of start do other things now uh which is you know great for us um yeah yeah, but, yeah. i mean i i love him in like comedic roles like him in um tropic thunder is <laughs> like him playing in tropic thunder is hilarious although it is kind of odd now because yeah he's pretty much in blackface the entire movie so that does kind of leave kind of like oh this movie has not aged well when you think about it well, although yeah. that movie is still really funny so it's like how i have mixed i have mixed feelings about this movie that came i think like just around or just like before or after it was around the same time they're both 2008 um but yeah let's uh back to iron, <laughs> iron man um oh i guess what <laughs> what is your favorite or I guess I mean at least one. I'm assuming you have a couple, but do, what's your favorite? Uh, scene? I I I I mean I kind of really like that they had like callback scenes in the movie where it's like when he first did like his his test flight in like the 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 Mark II with like the the silver looking suit mm-hmm. and uh, he he dealt with like the ice problem and like his whole suit like froze over and then when he fought Obadiah Stane in his Iron Monger suit. Um, and he dealt with like the ice problem as well. It's like, oh, cool. It's like, hey, he learned from his mistakes and he's getting better. He actually is growing as like both a person and a hero because we kind of did see some like personal growth of like him going out of his way to like make sure like Pepper is safe. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. And it, it was just kind of cool seeing how he did grow in like this like kind of like subtle kind of joking way. Um, I thought that was pretty cool, and also I just I just really liked the scene with like him in the Humvee with the soldiers and yeah. just like laughing it up, like getting them to like relax and it's like it's like are are you guys like not allowed to talk? Seriously, I feel like I'm you guys I'm you guys are gonna snuff me any minute. It's like come on, like crack crack a joke, smile. <laughs> uh, what about you? I think for me, I love I I really love the scene where he's he goes to the village and then he's like flying him like versus like the air force essentially yes and him on the phone with Rody, who's like and he's like uh just send any equipment there no 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 nothing and then like i love the i love i love the it's a lot of rising action i love the suspense i i just love the i love the performances of like everybody 
Um, but also just the the back and forth between like Rhodes and Tony. So when Tony first, when Rhodes calls him, he says like, he's like, uh, Tony, what? Hello? Hello? Like he's, he's trying to be a dick. And then later when he calls Rhodey back, he's like, Rhodey's just like, hello? <laughs> like being a dick right back to him. It's like it's it's hi, it's me. It's like yeah, I know it's you. You can't you can't play this. Like no, no, it's me. It's literally me. It's a suit. I'm in a suit. Just like call them off, please. I just that's yeah. I just I love the scene. I love the dialogue. I love everything about it. It's it's a very fun and also intense scene. Like just uh, yeah. Um, I also really yeah, because like those are like those are like American fighters. Just like I can't shoot back at them. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, and then like he, I love that you owe me a plane. It's like, well, technically he hit me. It's like, yes, it's argue like, well, with that. Yeah, it, use that argument in court. <laughs> I mean, he's rich enough to to avoid any problems. Um, but it it was also really funny. It's like, uh, it's like, well, what 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 do I tell the people about the the plane missing? It's like, uh, just training exercises. That's usual BS, right? It's like it's not that simple. Two seconds later, an unfortunate training exercise <laughs> and results in losing the F twenty two Raptor. I'm glad to report the pilot did survive. And no, we did not. We were not involved in the uh, the incident in uh, uh, the the village. Uh, it, it was just really mm-hmm. funny how quickly he like turned it. It's like I, I I have no other option but to deal with this. We we also uh, well we got to talk about the obvious the thing in this movie. So I love I love Rhodes. I think he's uh, what's actually really quick. What's Rhodes' first name? He's only called Rhodey. Uh, so. Uh, James. James. Rhodes, okay, I, I almost think he Tim. I'm like, no, it's not Tim. <laughs> it's no. Not Tim. Like, who's Tim Rhodes? Ah, yes, Timmy Rhodey. <laughs> little little Timmy Rhodes. Um, but uh, I really, I love, I love Rhodey. I think they're throughout the character throughout the series. Him and Tony are great, and he really evolves and everything. But. Yes, it's Terrence Howard in this movie. It's Don Cheadle in pretty much every other Marvel project after. And yeah, how first of all, uh, before I did a little bit of research on why he wasn't in the next one, but um, how do you like this? How do you like Terrence Howard Rose as compared to Don Cheadle? Because I feel like the the root of the character is the same and their approach, but they obviously do have different approaches because they're, yeah. they are different actors. I feel like Terrence Howard in this movie, at least he kind of had a little bit more um, stoicism. He he was a lot more stoic. He was a lot more like ground reality. He had a lot more authority. It felt like where like he's actually like interacting with like, you know, like all these like military personnel. He's like in the control room. It's like, Hey, it's a, it's a training exercise. Like, don't worry about it. Don't make any calls. And everyone like, immediately listens to him because he's a colonel he's, he's a colonel in the in the united states military whereas don Cheadle and like the the previous psalms we don't really see any like interactions like that uh so much like we we get like one interaction in um iron man 2 where he like has the mark ii suit and he's like takes it to the air force base and they they like modify and weaponize it to turn it into a war machine but for the most part, Don Cheadle, I feel like, is more 
of the comedic of, of the two with between him and Terrence Howard, yes. which I felt like was a good step in the right direction because they did definitely kind of build up a lot more comedic chops in, in the previous uh in, in the movies later on in uh the the next few phases and few movies. Um but I felt like if they stuck with Terrence Howard, it kind of would have kept it grounded in a little bit more drama because I'm, I'm having a hard time picturing Terrence Howard being like, like in civil wars, like, okay, tiny guy's big. Now I, I have a hard time picturing Terrence Howard saying that whereas John Cheadle's like, yeah, no, I, I can totally picture him saying that. That's a funny line. He's a funny guy. Terrence Howard is a lot more serious. And I don't think would have really played well with like the chemistry with like a lot of like the other characters, like Paul Rudd or Chris Evans. It would, it would have all been like serious or exposition lines rather than, you know, funny kind of buddy cop kind of situations. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree with that. The, uh, you know, grounded in reality because I was thinking about this and there were these two scenes that I felt like, almost i i could be interpreting i very well might be interpreting it wrong but um it, they seem to like contradict each other so when when tony comes back he calls for a press conference and says that he's shutting down uh the weapons like manufacture like the, the weapons department yeah and everyone's shocked Rody's the only one that's just like kind of looks down like and i was thinking about this like like he's He's not very surprised. Like he's surprised, but he's not very surprised because out of everyone, he's seen combat. He's seen, yeah, these weapons, like they they have done a lot of good, but they've also done bad. He's probably way more aware of what is going on than anybody else. So I kind of thought it was a moment of like, I mean, he's, again, he's surprised just like everybody, but he also can understand like after what everything he's been through, it does make sense that he doesn't want to keep up with, he doesn't want the company to keep going in the direction that they're going. But then later when uh, Tony says like, he goes to the base and he's talking to him. He says like, I'm working something. It's, It's not with my company. It's, it's something else. And he was basically like, no, you need to, you need to kind of get back to earth. Like, and like, take like rest and whatever he kind of was like he was talking and like talking him out of it like no like it's a mistake to i i kind of change you know do you know what i mean like those two scenes i feel like unless unless i'm wrong about the first scene which i could be i felt like they were contradicting each other yeah i i felt like it was what is his yeah I, i felt like there was a lot of like uh, back and forth with Terrence Howard's character in, in terms of that. Like, he, he made it seem like um, he he wanted what was best for his friend, but I felt like he was trying to do what he thought was best was like, Tony, who has been in captivity for three months, and at this point, he hasn't really disclosed what happened to him because, like, you know, like Phil Coulson like shows up and is like, "Yay, Phil Coulson's in this movie." Uh, miss that guy. Um, <laughs> he, uh, like, like for for as far as I know, like he never fully like gives like the full picture of what happened to him uh, in there, other than the fact that I have shrapnel on my chest and I have this thing in my chest that is a magnet that prevents 
that that prevents me from dying basically that seems to be like yeah. the only main thing that he has disclosed to like for the most part like his his like close friends and family and like obadiah stan like like pepper Rhodes, happy and obadiah like those are like the only four people i think who know about that um like within intimate details um but i i felt like Rhodey was trying to justify um his actions and trying to be supportive during the press conference but when he's like saying like hey i want to do like this this and this i want i want you to be a part of like the secret project that i'm working on it's like hey no dude like you need to slow down you've been in captivity for three months rest relax you're you're, you're making crazy decisions when you might not be fully there like because like you said he's seen combat he's we we don't know if like Tony suffering like from PTSD or or something like that, and could be making wildly drastic situations uh, uh, decisions that could like permanently like change the situation. It could bankrupt him. It could ruin his name. It could do any number of things. And I felt like he was trying to do what he could to kind of be the firm hand to like kind of push him into reality, which is why I feel like Terrence Howard is a lot more serious in this rather than Don Cheadle. So like that, that push and pull between like, uh, like serious and uh, comedy, I felt like works well for Terrence Howard rather than Don Cheadle. Yeah. And okay. And yeah, I felt like um, Terrence Howard. Yeah, definitely is more serious. And I can see, I can see Don Cheadle in this movie. I can't, I, it is hard to visualize Terrence Howard in the, other movies but i'm sure it would have worked out and been fine um like if he if he was still in them um i was doing a little bit of research and i guess the reason why he wasn't in the next movie was because his paycheck was so much smaller like yeah so i, I heard smaller. that as well it was like and, it was like he, he was only getting like 10 percent of what he made in the first movie or of, something like that yeah and he said that I think it was like, and I, I guess Robert Downey Jr. got a little bit more, but also, and then he, when he tried to like talk to him about it, I guess, but but I feel like the bigger issue really is, I get why he wasn't, why he has issues with Robert, because um, Marvel apparently, and, and again, this is, you know, there, there it might be more to it, uh, we don't know, but they're apparently Marvel like, gave him such a decrease because they said like we think this movie would be it'll be a success with or without you which is the most bullshit thing ever it's like are you kidding that's not you pay someone to do a job if you don't want them to do the job then you don't like bring you know like why even so i understand why like like that that's bullshit and then when i guess he tried to like i guess he helped robert get the job and when he tried to like approach him or talk to him about it, like it just, they weren't able to connect or like, they didn't come up. So it was more like he wasn't backing him up. So I understand why he has issues with uh, Robert Downey Jr. But I feel like Marvel seems to be the one that screwed up more, more like they both screwed up, but Marvel's more. But again, uh, this is just what I found. There's pro- might be more to it than that. Yeah, I, I'm, I think it's in a nutshell what he said. I'm sure there's more, more of a, a picture that we're not seeing. But yeah, for the most part, like it, I felt like it kind of boiled down to he wasn't being paid nearly enough as what he deserved. 
And I, and at first I thought like when I first saw that it was a paycheck issue was like the, like the surface level of it. At first I thought like, I mean, it makes sense why Robert Downey Jr. would get more. He is the main character. He's the main star of this movie. But to get such a drastic decrease, that that is bullshit. And that makes sense why he didn't want to move forward. So I I I understand. Like, I, I don't think he's being ridiculous about it. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. But it is kind of a shame that, you know, they kind of, ditched him when they did because that, you know that, that's that's a that's a crappy reason to get rid of someone um but i it's also kind of funny because like phase one kind of dealt with a, a few uh instances like that there, there was like terrence howard and then there was um uh edward norton as uh uh the incredible hulk and then they changed that to mark ruffalo um it, it was just kind of funny how like phase one was just kind of like the the period where they kind of like phased people out that that either weren't uh with the program or or weren't like their ideal casting choice um but it, it was just kind of funny how it, phase one is now completely different than the rest because of the the various casting changes that uh, that have taken place over the years it also just got so much like this everything about like each phase just got more and more complicated like it's just it it's, really did. it's so interesting because this is like a franchise of multiple different it's like a bunch of franchises within this large franchise and they all come together like it's there's very few things like that i i feel like the only thing that comes close are um the like some of the james bond movies but even not all like not all of those are, are connected and some of them are very loosely connected mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's like a handful of like Godzilla movies over the years are are like either loosely connected or like some of them are like direct sequels to each other. But even then, they're not as widespread and connected as as the MCU movies. And I'm only saying that because those are like arguably like the only other two movie franchises that are as large or as influential as MCU with like Godzilla being like 75 years starting in like 1954 and James Bond starting like had like the second highest number of like movies in a franchise, uh, like only being beaten by Godzilla by like two at the time uh, when, when I last checked, I, I think it's drastically different now with like, uh, you know, like the, the monster verse and all that happening. Yeah. Um. Actually, I want to backtrack a little bit because when you brought this up. I yeah, I, I, I was thinking about this in the movie. He is in captivity for three months. It yes it did not seem like three months. It seemed like maybe two weeks at the most. Based on what we're seeing, it does not seem like well, he was in captivity a long time. But we, then again, we don't know how long he was building, and we don't know how long he was probably like in and out of consciousness. He was like awake for part of his surgery. So like. We don't know how long that took. We don't know how long. I mean, I get understand. Like, I can like I can accept that it's three months. It's just there's a lot of we don't know how long all these things took. That went in like three months. I mean, I thought that was like a week. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, there's definitely like you know like a, a a couple like montages of like you know like him like ordering parts uh like around and like how long he was like under for surgery. So it's like. Like I, I felt like 
there was enough happening that to make it feel like there was enough of a passage of time to make three months believable like i didn't feel like that was like an outrageous amount of time it's like it's like tony you've been gone for 10 years like it, it didn't seem like outrageous to me it was like you've yeah. been gone three months like okay yeah like that was like 30 minutes of the movie yeah sure three months that's fine <laughs> i can yeah. believe that yeah and <laughs> i actually i was thinking about this when he gets out of captivity and he arrives back home and they're in the car and <laughs> Uh, Happy's like, where do where are we where are we going? And Pepper's like, oh, take us to the hospital. He's like, uh, no, no, we're not going to the hospital. And they have that like their classic Pepper and Tony banter, and him saying like, no, there's two things I want to do. First, I want a cheeseburger, <laughs> and of course they make reference to that in Endgame, where after his funeral, yeah. when his daughter says she wants a cheeseburger, and, and Happy, you can see is just like. We're all just like, uh-huh, reference to it's beginning. Like, uh, it's like, uh, I love you 3000. Uh. <laughs> and just immediately, like, everyone just started crying. I was mainly, one of the reasons why I was, I was definitely crying when he died. But I think one of the reasons why I was crying was because. Oh, 100%. Was when, uh, in, in, in Infinity War, when he, um, first, like, when it all starts, and he meets uh, Doctor Strange and Wong. And he realizes, like, Wong does something and he realizes how badass Wong is. He's like, Wong, you're invited to my wedding! <laughs> and then the next time we <laughs> see Wong is Final Battle and his funeral. And so it was this kind of weird, like, ugh. Like, I, <laughs> it was, it, that's it's really like Wong what, didn't get to see the wedding! <laughs> yeah. Well, that was mainly because he was, you know, he disappeared. Uh, but, so... Still. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... Uh, there, I feel like there was something else I wanted to bring. Oh, wait. There's something else I wanted to bring up, and I can't. And I don't remember what it was. It was right there. I was just thinking about it. Because, <laughs> um, well, okay. So the. <sighs> hang on. Just hang on. Do you have an opinion? <laughs> I'm thinking I've lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> um, what was your opinion on like the 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 ten rings, like the 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 organization, like that kidnaps him in the beginning, and like Jensen and all that? Like we 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 talked about like Jeff Bridges and like him being like the main bad guy, but like he he was only like a bad guy for like maybe like the last hour of the movie, whereas like these guys were like the main antagonistic force that he fights throughout the movie. I felt like they were very meh because we don't really know anything about them. Um, they're yeah. kind of like, like they're, 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 they're like, I mean, they're terrorists causing chaos. Like there's nothing remotely, um, there's nothing very unique about them or they're, they're just kind of like, yes, they, they kidnap Tony and then they're, that's who Tony is of course going to focus on. I, I didn't, I was just very whatever about them. The main one that, uh, you know, when they're, cause they're watching Tony and, uh, what's his name? I can never remember his name. Jensen. Yeah. Yeah. When they're watching them work and they're like, this does not look like at all, like the plans. And, and he's kind <laughs> of like, I think, you know, we're, I'm giving him to like tomorrow because they're clearly he thinks they're doing something else. Oh, I remember what I was thinking. Anyway, we'll get there. But um, but um, <laughs> but uh, he of course okay. So he's the like ringleader. He's the one in charge. Yet we don't 
meet him until later, fine. But I don't know. I just, I think it's kind of that in terms of villains, this is a very interesting movie villain wise, because the, who we think are the villains are kind of bland. Whereas the one that we are being given the most info, I mean, not give it a ton, but the one that we spent the most time with is Obi. And then we realize he's the bad guy. So there I'm very, whatever about them. Very, I'm very indifferent. and, and I felt like they were kind of just made generic to be kind yeah. of like, you know, like generic Middle Eastern terrorist organization because that kind of reflected like our current, like at, at the time, like that was what we were fighting uh, in like the Middle East was just, you know, like the Taliban and all of that because like, you know, that was still like a very fresh, yeah. uh, uh, I, I, I felt like, that was like that's like a common trend with like movies like back in the 80s like every like foreign enemy was a vaguely russian yeah. archetype type villain and then kind of after like like post 9-11 everyone it, it, it shifted from like a cold war stance to like like every villain was like a, a like a, a taliban type um substitute and and it kind of carried on a little bit uh like like going forward with like you know like the the fake Mandarin and in Iron Man three, but they've since kind of stuck to the more like fantastical enemies and and kind of ditched a more realistic enemy, um of like yeah. you know, like a, a terrorist organization. But I, I felt like they were kind of there to kind of I, I guess kind of make it seem more real than it than it than it was by having a very realistic enemies like this is something that is going on right now uh and definitely kind of has a little bit more depth when it's like we can kind of understand what's going on because this is what we're fighting right now if that makes any sense yeah and also like for example like loki is a character that he's versatile enough that we understand kind of where his anger comes from and where his like the the like root of why he is a i mean villain but on and off villain really like yeah we can also kind of we can relate to him you know like he like the villains and whereas these yeah they're very it, it is definitely like generic terrorists that were not really meant to think much beyond that um i i actually like and this also kind of goes to, I was thinking about this, like, Iron Man's villains, they're very, they're only really applicable to him. Like, for example, Absolutely. Like, Captain America, things that he deals with, like like Winter Soldier and, and Civil War, affect the MCU and affect the, affects the, all of the Avengers, whether it's in a large way or not. And, like, Thor... It, it makes it there's shifts that carry over it doesn't quite necessarily affect everybody like all the avengers but it's it's affects it affects like the world whereas um tony's just affect him and they affect his world because, and the bubble yeah. of his world and yeah. i and because i mean like and it's it's and part of that is just obviously okay but the uh, like sure it, it, but it, 
it's also kind of funny that like the majority of his villains are his villains because he was an asshole at one point or another to one or if not all of them, uh, which is just kind of funny because I remember uh, someone saying that uh, it's like the the bad guy for uh, Iron Man three is like this is literally just Syndrome's plan. There, there's no difference between this and Syndrome's plan. It's like it's like no wait it. Oh crap! You're right. It is literally Syndrome's plan of trying to make himself look like the hero by dragging the by making a fake villain that he would defeat. I said kind of the same thing about Killmonger, like in in terms of like giving everybody weapons. He's also yeah. syndroming it a little bit, but yeah, like that was it's like when, when everyone's super. <laughs> yeah, when everyone's super, no one will be. I, uh, there is, that's a solid, (laughs) that's solid. That's a, that's a very, I mean, Incredibles is just deemed as like, it, that's an underrated superhero movie. Like, cause it's more deemed as it's the Incredibles, it's a Disney, it's a Pixar film, but it's a, that's a really solid superhero like story. Um, but, uh, anyway, I, I I was, there was a podcast I was listening to and they were talking about Bloodshot and Guy Pierce is the bad guy in it, which is revealed in the trailer. And they made the point. Yeah, isn't that the isn't isn't that the Vin yeah. Diesel movie? And they were talking yeah. about how like he always seems to be playing like bad guy, uh, millionaire of tech company or something like that. Like uh, Guy Pierce, like that's not like and like yeah, <laughs> Iron Man. Like he is this, this. It was pretty much kind of the same, uh, not same like circumstances, but same kind of like background of the character. Um. But yeah, anyway, uh, see, this is what I was thinking of earlier, and I was thinking about this in the movie. Uh, so the scene where Tony asked Pepper to go over to go to go to the like office, his company. company. I was gonna say the office. I'm like, would you say it's an office? Like, go go to the yeah, go to Stark Industries. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Go to go to my office and and hack the mainframe as as the crazy hacker woman that i know you are because they and because it's because he knows obviously they're now like they're dealing under the table and he want and they are yeah like they're selling weapons that they're not like you know he, he wants to know what's going on and she, yeah she finds out oh it's all obadiah and we know by this point that it's him but does he and the first thing he does because she's at her she's at the computer He's kind of making small talk and he's talking in that way of, and based on the music, it's very like, obviously. It's like, oh, something's about to go down. Yeah. But the first thing he does when she leaves is he's go, he goes to the computer and like, like, what was she doing? And sees like, okay, she has the files. Did he know that's what she was doing or he thought that's what she was doing? And he was just like making, trying to make small talk, like whatever, like does it, because he seems very, like, the second she leaves, he's, like, jumps into action. He immediately checks the computer, and then he realizes, like, oh, she stole it. And then he just doesn't, he's like, you're not going to follow up on that or anything? That very incriminating evidence of you planning a hit? You have, like, the the video on your computer. It's like, you're, you're not going to... You're not gonna follow up on that. It's like, nope. Okay, bye. Good, good luck in jail. This is because, like, I'm, are you talking about like, is he gonna follow up on that or her? What do you, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like he gonna follow up on that because, like, she, she has the files that, like, you, you're gonna go to jail if that gets out. You, you do realize that, right? And just immediately just doesn't 
He doesn't follow up on her. He he literally sees her like walk up to Colson and it's like, yeah, no, let's go, let's go. We're going to your office. It's like you're not. I mean, I don't know what you could do, but I mean, you could do something. Well, <laughs> he does. He goes to. This is my other favorite part. He goes to Tony's house and does the temporary paralysis and takes the arc reactor because he can't, he's asking all his engineers to like, you know, do the same thing, make the arc reactor and make it smaller. And they can't, which I'd also love that scene. And I love, he like screams like Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps. He's like, well, I'm not Tony Stark. Cause he keeps saying how it's impossible. The technology doesn't exist yet. Tony was able to do it. So that's the next scene, because I think that's when he's realizing he, um, yeah, she's with Coulson. There's people around. He can't, other than, like, try to be sly and, like, forcibly take her, there isn't really much he can do. So he tries to go see, okay, what's the, what's going on with uh, my suit and mini arc reactor? That's a dead end. So he's going to go to Tony and take it and and steal it what he didn't count on was that this wasn't his only one um but i love the scene and i tony stark has a heart i love that scene and i love the the cinematography in that is really great it's like the tam the camera's kind of tilted like so tony's laying on the couch and just staring up and obi's leaning over him and the camera's like slightly it it looks it looks great like i i love it like i love i love it just because it's so like it's 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 like the equivalent of the menacing. Me- yes, it's like the equivalent of like tying someone up. I guess this is the equivalent of monologuing yeah. and kind of. Oh yeah, no, this is this is the closest that you're ever going to get to a monologue from from Jeff Bridges. But it's and a it, good it, monologue. Almost, I love it. It is. It is. It's like you know, I was worried we were going to kill the golden goose when I sent out that hit on you, but you had one last last egg to give. It's like. Damn, that's a solid line. I want to hate you right now, but that's just good. And I I love, it's weird. I love scenes where, like, the hero, like, even, like, when a hero is injured, like, hero can't protect, the hero, the protector can't do their job. Like, and he's just, like, he can't. He can just only listen. He's just staring up at him. And then, like, when he says, like, I'm sorry, wish she didn't involve Pepper. I would have preferred that she live. And just his eyes widen and he still can't do anything. It's kind of one of yeah. my favorite scenes in Homecoming is when um, when they're driving to the dance and he realizes that his girlfriend's dad is, dad. is the vulture. And he's trying like and, and, to keep his cool. And, it, and, his, and the dad realizes like, wait, this kid's Spider-Man. But it's, it's not even just he, it's like the, the girl's like, wait, you were, yeah, you were at my party, but then you left. And then, hmm, during that, during her party, that's when Spider-Man was, I was doing with Spider-Man. And then DC, like, he's just putting the pieces together and he can't cover his ass. Like, it's that same, like, there's just nothing to do but just let the cars it's like, just just try to, yeah, yeah, try to deny and it. And I, so I just love the scene in Iron Man because it's just, it's so... It's also just, I like, he does temporarily uh, paralyze one of the uh, terrorists, but, like, and that's more just, like, the, like, oh, okay, like, it, it's not, we don't care that much about this character, but for Tony, obviously, we're realizing what, we know now so much and what actually happened, and 
it's unexpected and it happens like again it's great cinematography he's on the phone with pepper he doesn't even say anything and then he is getting paralyzed and the camera's like panning and you see like it's i it's great like i go it's between that scene and the um uh you know training the flight training test scene is my yeah that i love that and his like dynamic with like his like robot that he built like forever ago <laughs> that, it's like, it's the, like I, I swear to god if you point that thing one more time at me i'm joining you so city college it's like that is just hilarious the ro- his robots um, are so advanced they're basically like droids like they he it's like they, they have feelings they and i love how there's one that i guess is like the shittiest of all of them and he's always given a hard time you know he could fix it he leaves it this way <laughs> um <laughs> And then, yeah, that's the one that hands him the heart when he's, like, struggling to reach it. Uh, we didn't talk about Jarvis. We should talk about Jarvis before we before we end. Because Jarvis uh, obviously I has mean, definitely changed throughout the course of MCU. But... I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I, I don't think of a single, a single thing that changed with him. He, he got replaced with Friday, and yeah, that was the and end of that. No one, no one cares about Friday. It's, I mean... She's fine. Like, she's fine, but no. It's it's, it's a day. J- Jarvis, yeah. Jarvis gave him... J- Jarvis is like Rhodey or Pepper or he gives him shit like anyone else. Like, like uh, uh, Jarvis, are you from Lejona and the Whale? I don't really... I wouldn't really use that as like... What is he? He says something like, um, what are you doing, Tony? Like, like he gives him, he gives <laughs> yeah. him as much shit it's, as everybody. It, yeah, yeah it's- yeah, it's like it's like yeah, like when he, when he like asked for the paint job, it's like yeah, let's let's get that little like uh, like gold like titanium alloy plating. It's like at once, sir. It's like hmm, you know, a little too grandiose. Let's. It's like you're right, sir. What was I thinking? You're usually much more. <laughs> yeah. That is just that is that's it's great. His, it's his uh, Alfred, essentially. Like in the snarkiness. But, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, he, and yeah. Well, in, in in the comics. In the comics, like Alfred or uh, Jarvis, actually is his butler. Like there, there wasn't really like that AI. Really, like, that was like, yeah, like that. That was changed like later in iterations of, of oh, okay, uh, yeah. uh, Iron Man. And like, like I mean, like uh, another example is that um, uh, Nick Fury. It was like originally like a white guy, and then they changed that uh, to later's like he, he's black now. And then they had uh, Sam Jackson uh, play that character. Even if it never changed from a white guy, I don't like. Like it wouldn't matter. Like he's perfect. Like there is no. There's. Oh yeah, no. Sam. Sam. Perfect. Like there's no one that does a yeah, better. Nick Sam Fury. Jackson all the way. It's one of those roles it's where like, I'm. You, you know when there's like those roles that like this performance and this character is so good that I can't imagine anybody doing a better job. That's what. That's who. What Samuel Jackson Nick Fury is like. I've heard that, like, how Nick Fury's I white. I 100% agree. I've heard that, like, Nick Fury's white in the comics, and it's more like, uh-huh, like, that's funny, but no one cares, because Yeah, I, I mean, there, there, there's, like, a lot, there's, a, like, yeah, like, there's a lot of difference in, like, the comics that have changed over the years. Like, there was, like, the whole, um, uh, Captain America being a Hydra double agent. What? Uh, there was... I never La- heard that one. There was Lady, Th- there was, like, Lady Thor. Well, that they're doing that um, one. Um, that... Uh, Love and Thunder. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a oh god, there was another one, and I'm drawing a blank. But yeah, like 
every once in a while, it seems like the comics just kind of like release something that's like widely controversial or or kind of hated or discriminated against to the point where it's like this will drum up sales because like people want to read this so they know what to like why they should hate it they 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 do that in a way to kind of like drum up enough sales to like justify writing something this outlandish or out there like the whole like um original like one of like the origins for like quicksilver and scarlet witch which if you've seen wandavision you you know like that are siblings and all that, but yeah they 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 had a they've had a weird relationship in the comics oh. that I don't want to get into for our podcast for reasons. Um. Oh. Oh. Like now I'm okay. Let's just. Uh, yeah. What? No. No. Yeah. No. So, so yeah. On that note, I'm Kevin Tracy. Wait. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> um. Um. But I know the only, I I mean, not major, I know, um, I know, like, Bucky in Captain America, I know Bucky was originally, like, brought in as, like, it was, like, like a Robin-esque kind of character. Yeah, it was, like, like his, like, young ward kind of thing. It was, like, a teenage, like, character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's, like, a lot of, like, weird changes in comics that have definitely changed over the years. Um, Some of them good, some of them bad. Um, I remember there was, like, a kind of, like, a a funny kind of, like, mockumentary-type movie starring Mark Hamill. I think it was just called Comic Book the Movie, where he was, like, what? comic book fan. I'm looking it up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there. I, I think it was, like, called, like, Comic Book the Movie or something like that, where he's, like, a comic book fan who's, like, a really big fan of like this like long lasting series of like this like a Captain America as character, and they're giving it a movie, but they're giving it a movie that is like they they completely like abandon the original roots and give it like this like updated makeover of like instead of like this like Robin s character of like you know like father and son dynamic is like he's got like a really hot blonde like sidekick and like. Uh, we need to talk to the creator. Well, the creator died years ago. Like, well, let's talk to his next of kin. Well, the next of kin has like nothing to do with this. And he didn't even know that his grandfather worked on this. So he's like willing to sign the rights away. And, and it, it was actually pretty interesting of like how he, he kind of gave like this, like weird, like fake example that is kind of grounded in reality. Cause this is what comics do all the time. They change drastically over the years to kind of cater to a general audience rather than just sticking to what was originally written the first time so comic book the movie came out 2004 mark hamill uh directed it starred directed and wrote it and it did yep. not do that well it has a 39 percent i think I, yeah i think i saw that on um uh netflix like uh like forever ago uh i i enjoyed it it was pretty good yeah i mean okay i don't know i never heard about this and i'm like uh what i i, I mean it's not for everyone <laughs> yeah uh I, I, it is really, really funny like tom kenny is in it uh the the, the voice actor for spongebob is in it oh. um, so it, 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 ha- it has it has its moments and there's like some pretty fun like random like pop culture and like nerdy cameos um it's been forever since i've seen it but i felt like it was worth mentioning <laughs> all right i yeah and that's 
I'm I'm very like when you said he was in a mockumentary, I'm like, um what? Like what? Like that seems so left. I mean yeah. more is more or less. It, it, it's it's like it's like a drama, like mockumentary type drama. It's like kinda like the office, but yeah. like a little bit more like gravity. Yeah. I guess, even though it's like he's just arguing for the rights to like a comic book movie that he you honestly he's like if either version of this movie gets released, it, it yeah. wouldn't really matter except for him. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, if you have not seen Iron Man, go watch Iron Man. Um, like, it, it came out forever ago. It came out in 2008. What are you doing not watching? <laughs> um, they just officially announced the next, the Nate, the title for the next Spider-Man. So it's, uh, it's, yes. uh, no, no way, way home. home because a couple of days before it was phone home and then like haha just kidding it's like why not just why bother give us the fake one why not just give us the real one and and are people that i mean i get anxious but um well, well, well because tom tom holland's known for spoiling oh movies. it's like we're just gonna keep giving him fake titles okay well, did you see that uh did you see how they really it was him like and zendaya and I don't the. I I just watched it before we yeah. started recording. Where, and they're like, they won't tell us the name. I don't know why. Because you spoil things. No, I don't. Yes, you do. And they're just having an argument as they walk by a whiteboard that just says the name. It's like, ah, oh. but I guess it's gonna be set during Christmas, and everyone's like, oh, like Iron Man three. And I'm, I don't, I I'm really curious because as long as it addresses that he's been outed. Like, that's really all I care. That's what I care about the most. More than any of it. And I guess that's a multiverse movie, correct? Or is it not? I have no because idea. Because I thought it um, was. All I know is that... All I know is that I'm very anxious to see how WandaVision plays out and how this is going to tie into uh, the, the Doctor Strange sequel. When does that come which... out? she's like uh i don't remember specifically when all i know is that this is tying directly into it and scarlet witch plays a like is is a very chief character in that movie oh okay i don't i don't know anything about it other than the name and that's supposed to be kind of a horror and i'm assuming it's coming out before spider-man and i know dr strange is in spider-man which the whole idea the I don't know if it's remember if it's confirmed. I think it's confirmed that it is dealing with the multiverse and Doctor Strange is in the movie unless but you know, yeah. things keep I keep hearing stuff and then hearing no it's not. Like Toby Maguire's in the movie, cool, and then a few weeks yeah. later heard no he's not. It's like, <laughs> well okay. It, it it's it's all speculation at this point, and honestly, we don't really have anything conclusive at this time other than the title of the movie. You know, uh WandaVision, I'm it's I was very like when it, I was here, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I didn't really care all that much. I was kind of indifferent about uh, Wanda and Vision. Um, nothing against them. I was just like, whatever. I, I sure. And then I started watching it and I'm like, okay, like three minutes, like a minute. And I'm like, I love it. Also, can't this just be the show? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's nothing else going on. <laughs> like, can't this just be the show? I totally watched this. Um, but, uh, after, I mean, we won't spoil it, but after the most recent episode, I'm now really confused on whether it is, because it was kind of le- implications of multiverse. And 
what we were told, yeah, I'm like, kind of well, contradicts I mean, they're, that. They're, they're interested. A little, maybe. Uh, I I feel like this is going to have to be a conversation outside of the screen <laughs> yeah. of, of us recording. But do you know what I mean? Um, I, I don't okay, think so. Never mind. Was, I, I, I was able to, I, I was able to understand it pretty well, but I, I feel like I have knowledge that you don't, that makes that a little bit clearer. All right. So on that note, <laughs> I'm Samantha Tomlinson. I'm Kevin Tracy. And we're going to be talking about WandaVision for the next hour outside of this recording. See you next time, folks. <laughs>